Toronto Today on Broadway for Monday, January 28th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. Parts of this broadcast were previously recorded. <laughs> I, was just, I just saw that. I was like, we should use that every day. I know, because all of it was previously recorded. Normally. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Rent, but first, James, uh, a busy weekend in the feed. As we told you about ahead of time, uh, Jan Simpson Stagecraft had a new episode with Charlie Yvonne Simpson, the author of Behind the Sheet that just extended off-Broadway. Hear all about that. Natalie Nowak had a uh, short Q&A episode of On My Way to a BFA on Saturday. And then the normal panel was back together on This Week on Broadway, where you talked about True West, um, a, a, a choir boy, some some other stuff. But Peter gave a rave review or pretty positive review for the new mounting of Ever After down at uh, the uh, Alliance Theater down in Atlanta. Yeah, uh, which is very exciting because Peter, Michael, and I had seen Ever After at Paper Mill Playhouse uh, four or five years ago. And, and nobody in the world liked it. Uh, yeah, we we, uh, we were trying to – it had such potential and it just didn't live up to it. And it's very exciting that the Alliance in Atlanta has not only taken on Ever After but has – uh, invested seemingly a large amount of money into this production. I mean, the cast of 31 people and and all of them uh, extraordinarily talented Broadway performers. So, yeah, the Alliance uh, ever after. So let's, uh, you know, Peter pegged it as, you know, headed for Broadway. I would not have expected that when they announced this was going down to Atlanta after the very, very lukewarm is generous reviews that it got uh at paper mill so very excited for them i I love the alliance theater so that's do you know my uh my my additional excitement about this yes rachel york is in it okay (laughs) you complete me matt you do (laughs) well at least we don't have a calendar yet as to when she's coming back to broadway okay well you know it's it's ready to go it's just it's t-minus and i haven't started the clock yet yeah we need the date we need the date first all right um first up in the news uh sunday evening there was a little television experiment uh, Rent Live, and uh, I'm interested to hear, as as somebody who not only is uh, somebody who's a huge Rent fan, Matt, but you were also a, a, a well-seasoned television and, and uh, movie uh, reviewer, what did you think of this production? Well, first off, tonight, uh, Monday night, my old friend Jennifer McHugh and I are going to get together on the uh, the interwebs and we are going to record an episode where we break down our thoughts in full. Jen is an even bigger Rent fan than I. She has some sort of Rent lyric or something tattooed on her body somewhere. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. That should be in your feed, uh, if not on Tuesday, uh, sometime on Wednesday, but hopefully Tuesday, depending on how long it is. So we're going to get into it in depth there. But for me, James, obviously the story of, of Rent Live comes down to the fact that the show's Roger Brennan Hunt injured himself during rehearsal. So instead of it actually being live, the vast majority of the broadcast on Sunday evening was actually the filmed version of the final dress rehearsal that happened on Saturday night. Then in the final act, like the final segment after the last commercial break, um, they went live because that is when 
uh, hunt hurt himself during uh, what you own towards the end of the show. <laughs> At that point, he had what has to be the largest cast I've ever seen on a foot because uh, apparently he broke his foot or ankle or something during that rehearsal. To me, James, that storyline overwhelmed everything because in my opinion, what Michael Greif did with rent live reinventing the production that he has been staging and restaging in various ways for more than two decades now was the best direction and staging of any live musical we've had in this, this recent rash of five or six years. Uh, that also is due in large part to Sonia Taya, who is the choreographer. Um, it was a little busy. There was a lot going on, but I thought it was really well done and a really smart reinvention of the show. However, when you watched the broadcast on Sunday night, it was pretty obvious that there were a number of cast members who were marking to a certain degree. Um, marking means that they weren't going 100% more than likely to save their voices. You could tell that some voices were already run a little ragged. We'll talk about Valentina as Angel here in a second. Um, and I just felt like we were missing some energy from a production that could have been really fantastic. Um, fortunately, a number of well, Broadway vets uh, raised that energy um, first with Brandon Victor Dixon, who didn't have a ton to do because Collins is, you know, a secondary character. But he was fantastic as always. But really the spark plug for the entire show and what made the second half, second ish half of Rent on Fox uh, take it up a notch was Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens apparently did not get the memo that they were going, uh, they were going to be marking things in this <laughs> because she went full out and she was phenomenal. I mean, she was great in Grease Live and I've said it on here before many times when she was announced that I think she, I think she's probably way too much for me to deal with if we were like friends in real life, but she just seems like a really fun, genuinely nice human being on like, so you think you can dance where she is a judge or was a judge. I don't know if she still is going to be on this new season, but I really like her and I think she was phenomenal in this. Now there was some casting that I thought was horrible. Um, I, I, you know, Valentina is, is somebody who came to fame from RuPaul's drag race, has the look to play angel, has the personality to play angel Ain't got the voice to play Angel, um, at least not in what we saw on Sunday night. Uh, Valentina's voice was very hoarse and just was all over the place bad. Um, there was some other casting stuff that I'm sure Jen and I will break down. But to me, it comes down to the fact that this was a golden opportunity to make a definitive version of Rent on on screen because it's had two previous incarnations. This could have been a definitive version because of the creativity from Michael Greif and Sonia Taya. Um, but I felt like it was let down because of the awkwardness of going from the tape to the live and by some of the casting. So um, overall, I, I'm very glad that I that that it exists. I don't know that it did. I, I saw people online saying, oh, I've never seen Rent and I have no idea what's going on. I was like, welcome to seeing Rent for the first time. Like, that's true, whether it's on stage or on screen. You have no idea what's going on and it makes no sense. Um, but you get it eventually. Um, but I, you know, I love Rent. Um, I, I thought there were some things that were fantastic in it. And I think there were some things that weren't. Did you did you watch any of it, James? I, w I watched all of it. Oh, okay, I, good. I watched all of it in real time and uh, followed along with the uh, incredibly brutal Twitter sphere and Facebook uh, postings. Um, 
Uh, I uh, the first act was uh, just a, just a mess. It was just a mess, and and I, I see lots of people, um, uh, you know, very strong opinions on both sides of the of the matter here. But uh, one thing I have not seen is that. I don't think the actors were a mess, and I agree with Valentina what you're saying there. Perfect look, and no, and, and not the yep. voice to carry the heart of the show, the angel, the heart of the show. Uh, uh, and inherently, Vanessa Hudgens just stole the show, and there was a bunch of other things. Um, that were really wonderful. Certainly the second act for me was much, much stronger than the first act. And I attribute that to being mostly technical. I, I felt like uh, uh, in the first half, um, there was a lot of uh, sound issues, uh, a ter- terrible mix between the uh, the orchestra and the and the actors. And maybe the actors' earpieces were not uh, working great because the actors were pitchy and these are people who are just top of the game professionals. They're not pitchy because they're not great. They're pitchy because they're not hearing the, the right stuff in their ears. So um, I, I, I blame a lot of the issues to uh, the, pr- the producing side of this mess. Um, and the second act got much better. I think that the you know, you film a dress rehearsal because you, you need to – it's a rehearsal for the technical people as much as it is a uh, mm-hmm. rehearsal for the actors. And uh, if they got to the point where they needed to um, – uh, it seemed as though that he broke his ankle on Saturday, I yes. think. Sat- yes, Saturday. Night. And the show was Sunday and and so – they could have, you know, done uh, uh, a sing through and dubbing uh, before the uh, and, and and maybe people would say uh, there's just no time in the production to to do something like that. But uh, just the first act was was wrought with technical issues that didn't need to be. I was really, I really liked the set and I really liked the, the mm-hmm. concept that Greif had. Uh, I wish that the audience was not a character in the show. Uh, we said the same thing with Jesus Christ Superstar. And keep in mind that I believe Saturday's dress rehearsal that they filmed was the first time that there was an audience, like a full audience present. So that probably has to do with some of those technical issues where they were trying to get all the levels figured out. But I think this is part and parcel to having the audience there. We complained when there was no audience there and then – it's tough for us to then complain when they're too loud. But so in what you own and, uh, and, and Mark and Roger run into the audience and yeah. do crowd this uh, crowds. I, I was like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> that has nothing to do with the, with no, the story. Right. Right. That has absolutely nothing to do with the story. And, and certainly the, the shrieking of the audience happens, you know, no, ma- no matter if it's Rent or Wicked or anything like that, the shrieking of the audience happens, but the sound people have got to take it down because uh, I don't want to hear the shrieking. I want to hear the actors. Yeah. And uh, th- I, I do think the mix was, a, was an issue uh, throughout the night. But to be honest with you, I think that that's true on almost any time you hear people singing on TV. I say that every time I watch The Voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the band is too loud. And so I don't know if it's just the way that 
TV people are taught to do things nowadays, but it is definitely um, an issue. Now, here's here's something I did want to mention, James. So what happened on Sunday night? Because there were people who were in the audience, obviously, because they did that last segment live. There was an audience watching on monitors the broadcast from the dress rehearsal. However, during certain songs, the cast did concert versions of the of some of the songs, not all of them. And the Fox or the rent on Fox Twitter account has released them. Um, and there are some great ones. There's the I'll cover you reprise seasons of love out tonight over the moon, um, which to me is the the best version of over the moon. Cause I never got into it with Adina, no offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but so those are, we'll have those in the show notes. We'll also have a link to uh, like a review roundup, which I think everybody is pretty much on the same page where they said, yeah, it sucks that it happened like this, um, but a couple people really saved it. BVD, um, uh, Vanessa, and uh, Kiersey, who played Joanne. Yeah. Um, oh, Kiersey was great. Yeah, really good. And, and, you know, so I think that there's a, a lot of positives here, and I would have liked uh, Kiersey Clemens' last name. I couldn't think of her last name. Um, you know, I think there was a lot of good things. And I'll, I'll say this, James. I didn't understand all of the venom that I saw online about it not being live. Like, I understand that it's disappointing. It was disappointing to me. But, like, people were le- seemed, or at least pre- were presenting themselves to be legitimately angry that it wasn't live. And I just, I don't get that. Like, was there a, perhaps a better solution than how they did it? Maybe. But we also don't know how bad Brennan Hunt was. We don't know how long he was in the hospital. Like I said, that cast was gigantic. So I don't know what was going on throughout the day. It just seemed to me like people were, I don't know, overly angry about something that if they hadn't been told that it wasn't live, they wouldn't know. And it wasn't live on the West Coast anyway. It was always going to be tape delayed. So it's not like everybody in the country was going to be getting it live as it was. So I, it just seemed like a lot of posturing about that part of it to me, which kind of annoyed me for some hey, reason. Hey, uh, not for anything, but if you uh, shot, if you shot these uh, Broadway ad- adaptations for television in New York... Uh, you know, there's 80 or 90 Rogers that live in Manhattan that could have, you know, come in and yeah. done it. You know? <laughs> now, well, no, totally. And yeah, because they've all done it at some point. They're probably a little old. But but and, and again, I want to say this. I am not of the pop culture spheres that some of these people are, are coming from. Like, obviously, I know who hmm. Jordan Fisher is, but I have no idea who Kiersey Clemens is or Brennan Hunt is or Tina Shea. I don't know who these people are. So I have no idea if they I know who Mario is um, by name more than anything else. But so but I don't know if these people were are stars enough that it was not possible to replace them. I do know that NBC for their broadcast, at least some of them in the past have had understudies. Um, I don't know if this might've happened where he completely lost his voice, you know, on Friday, if that would have worked, but um, yeah, there might've been a better way to do this, but you know, they did the best they could. And we got a a, a rent on TV, which I never thought would have happened, let alone one that I thought was actually pretty competent. I think it probably worked in their advantage. There was such a tremendous amount of buzz all Sunday that uh, Brandon broke his ankle and what's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? I I think it probably played into better ratings for them. And so I guess we'll hear in the next couple of days what the ratings will be like. Uh, Yep. So, all right. Well, uh, should we move on to the next thing? Anything left to say about rent? Uh, I'm not going to pay rent. Okay. We're not going to pay rent. Rent, 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 rent. Yeah. All right. Uh, What's coming up in this week's theatrical schedule? 
Okay, we're starting to get a little busy here this week as new shows are starting to come to the stage. First up on Tuesday, January 29th, Pulitzer Prize winner Len Nottage's Golden Age of Hollywood satire, by the way, Meet Vera Stark, returns off-Broadway for a run at the Signature Theater through March 3rd. Then the following night, the world premiere musical Alice by Heart by Stephen Sater, Jesse Nelson, and Duncan Sheik will begin performances, and is currently scheduled to run through March 10th. Directed by Jesse Nelson, the show takes a new look at Alice in Wonderland and features Molly Gordon as Alice, Noah Galvin, Zachary Infante, Andrew Kober, Grace McLean, Catherine Riccafort, Colton Ryan, Heath Saunders, Wesley Taylor, Natalie Walker, and more. Um, then moving to another highly anticipated new musical premiering this week. The next day, Thursday, January 31st, Superhero will begin performances from Second Stage. The new musical features a book by John Logan and a score by Tom Kitt. It is scheduled to run through March 24th and stars Kate Baldwin, Bryce Pinkham, Tom Sesma, Kyle MacArthur, and more. The story is about a fractured family, the mysterious stranger next door, spoiler alert, that's Pinkham, and, quote, the unexpected hero who just might save the day. Also on Thursday, the biggest news of them all, the off-Broadway run of our very own Peter Felicia's God Shows Up begins performances at the Playroom Theater. The show is directed by Christopher Scott and stars Maggie Bofill, Lou Libator, and Christopher Sutton, and asks the questions of what would happen if God decided to visit his creation of Earth today. Also on Thursday, the new musical My Very Own British Engagement or <laughs> British Invasion, not Engagement, completely different show, will begin performances at the Paper Mill Playhouse in Millburn, New Jersey. The show will feature a book by Rick Ellis, who apparently is the go-to guy for all uh, uh, jukebox musicals nowadays. And it will also feature, quote, two dozen chart-topping hits from all the best British bands of the era. Directed by Jerry Mitchell, the show was inspired by the experiences of Peter Noon from Herman's Hermits and will star Brian Finkart, Kyle Taylor Parker, Connor Ryan, Daniel Stewart Sherman, Erica Olsen, and more. Next, on Friday, the public will begin performances for their double bill of Steve, uh, Simon Stevens, Seawall, and Nick Payne's A Life. The two one-person monologues will be directed by Carrie Cracknell. Tom Sturridge will perform Seawall, while Jake Gyllenhaal will handle A Life. Together, they are described as a heart-filled exploration of the beauty of life and meaning of love. Also on Friday, the, sp the site-specific production of The Courtroom will play its final performance from the Waterwell. This one will be at the Judson Memorial Church, and I really hope that this show continues to have a life either in New York, but preferably far beyond. Finally, on February 2nd, the world premiered of All About Eve, directed by Evo Van Hova and starring Gillian Anderson and Lily James, will play the West End's Noel Coward Theater. This is one that, if it doesn't get awful reviews, will almost certainly be transferred to New York by producers Sonia Friedman and Fox Stage Productions. Finally, on February 2nd, the world premiere of All About Eve, directed by Evo Van Hova and starring Gillian Anderson and Lily James, will play the West End's Noel Coward Theater. This is one that, if it doesn't get awful reviews, will almost certainly uh, be transferred to New York by producer Sonia Friedman and sta Fox Stage Productions. All right. What do we have in show and casting news? Um, so, James, remember when I pretty much guaranteed that Choir Boy would not be extending? No, you never said that. I, I, I heard did. that. Well, thank you for covering for me, uh, but I did in fact say that, 
and it is now extending. Um, in fact, it's <laughs> extending by two weeks and will now play MTC's Samuel J. Friedman Theater through March 10th. Now, my original supposition was that it wouldn't extend because the show's star had to go do another show. Well, that is still correct, as Jeremy Pope will not continue with the show following February 24th, the previous extended date, as he has to start performances for Ain't Too Proud four days later. At that point, Jonathan Burke will take over the role of Forrest Jonathan Young. Of course, Inc. begins performances at the Freedmen on April 10th, uh, April 2nd, so not exactly a ton of time to turn anything around. So I guarantee, I double guarantee this time, that Choir Boy is not extending. MTC, don't make me look like a bigger idiot than I already do. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and speaking of schedule changes, it was also announced last week that Waitress's new kid on the block, Joey McIntyre, will don the lab coat of Dr. Pometer a day earlier than expected. It will begin performances on Monday, February 4th. He is still slated to play the role through April 7th. What do we have in our recommendation section? I've got a bunch, so I'm just going to run through them really quickly. We heard Peter talking about uh, Ever After at the Alliance should be headed to Broadway. I've got some highlights. We've also got rehearsal footage from the upcoming semi-stage concert version of The Music Man from Kennedy Center Center Stage production uh, featuring Jesse Mueller and Norm Lewis. Then uh, at a concert in Georgetown, Otter McDonald and Brian Stokes Mitchell reunited to sing a little little ragtime. And um, I just got to say, this seems like a time when we need a little ragtime in our lives. Uh, and then finally, we got um, official B-roll highlights from the Hamilton production in Puerto Rico, which closed on Sunday. Um, so very cool stuff. Good good way to start your week on a theatrical note. James, I do think this week we're going to finally get some casting announcements for like the three or four Broadway shows that are starting performances in the next month or two and haven't yet announced their cast. I think we're going to finally get those at some point this week. So keep an eye out for those. All right. Uh, before we run, do um, you know what yesterday was? Sunday? Um, beyond Rent Live, I do not. It was the uh, the last day of Hamilton a Day. Do you know Hamilton a Day Twitter account? I do not. Hamilton a Day tweeted one line for the show every day for the last three years. And they oh, wow. finished the show yesterday. <laughs> what a perfect time to do it in line with the closing in Puerto Rico. Yeah, I, I, I think that that was just a wonderful coincidence. So yeah, totally. The, the Hamilton a day uh, uh, tweeted lines and, uh, and Lynn weighed in and thanked uh, the guy for setting it up and taking care of that. That's awesome. Uh, and along the same lines of, uh, you know, Roger Stone getting a uh, tattoo. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the end of Rent last night inspired me. I think I'll get my first tattoo. I think Jesse L. Martin on my back is... Uh... Oh, my God. Seriously. Can we just please get him back on stage somewhere? Oh, like know. I tweeted last night. I prayed to Sondheim on Twitter last night <laughs> to get him back on stage just because Sondheim is the only deity I recognize. Yes. Um, so, like I love, like I said in the tweet, I love Detective Joe West from The Flash, but it's been way, way, way too long since Jesse L. Martin sung on stage. And I, we need that. As much as we need ragtime, we need Jesse too. Excellent. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off your week with us. And Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. 